Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Have You Seen? Uh, I'm Tom Webb and across the table is Kieran LaFour. Yes, hello. <laughs> okay, so uh, should we start this week's show by jumping straight into uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Yes, let's do that. Uh, do I need to recap a little synopsis? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Righty-ho, that's a different page of notes. Hold on. Okay, so James Franco plays Will Rodman, who is uh, uh, a scientist working at a major pharmaceutical firm. Uh, he's trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's. Uh, the most recent version of his drug seems to have worked on a chimp. Uh, and unfortunately, the chimp goes nuts on the same day as a, an investor's presentation uh, and has to be put down. After this incident, uh, Will discovers that the chimp had given birth and had only been acting crazy uh, to protect her newborn. Uh, and Will decides to take the chimp home to prevent it being put down after his boss decides to close the project. Uh, uh, and notices that the positive effects positive effects of the drug seem to have been passed from mother to child. Yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> that sums it up pretty well. There we go. Um, and then you have a movie called Rise of the Planet of the Apes that yeah. occurs in the two hours after that. Yeah. So what did Tom think of Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Excellent. Again, it was... What, it's I always what, like it when he says that. <laughs> it's, one of those, it's one of those films that... Um, Obviously, I've seen quite a few of the original movies. Um, so, in a way, a bit like X Men, it's one of those things that's got it's got baggage with it, and it's it kind of hinges on executing it very well and pleasing lots of different people. Yeah, you know, pleasing a modern audience, but also pleasing fans of the originals mm. and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think it strikes the balance really well. I think it does it better than X Men does it. Yes, I think uh, I think the same the same thing. As yeah. I said last week, uh, this is my first Apes movies. Yeah. I'm aware of the franchise. Yeah. I know of the whole damn Dirty Apes business and yeah. the twist at the end of the first and all the rest of that. Yeah. Um, but this is the first Apes movie I've actually seen. Yeah. Well, I think um, touching on one of your points there, the one of the things the thing that this film does really really well is it foreshadows and references all of the like the original movies as well. Um, so there's the odd occasional famous line of dialogue that crops up, um, but a lot of the foreshadowing and, and the, the uh, instances of kind of homage, if you like, are really really subtle. And I thought that is was absolutely brilliant. Um, one of the one of the moments that I really thought was very clever and I really liked was the fact that um, at one moment uh, you cut to Brian Cox's character, who runs the facility that uh, Caesar the ape goes to live in and yeah. he, he's not a particularly nice character it's not a very nice facility um, he's not a bad character I think uh, his employees are far worse oh than yeah yeah he is but I mean he, it, I'm he, never he, sure if he's turning a blind eye to the things yes. they do oh, yeah. or if I think he's, he's just he's guilty. unaware yeah, no I don't think he's unaware I think he's guilty by association I okay. think he's quite happy that that goes on I mean he must be aware of the, the state in which those chimps are put um, but there's one moment it cuts to him. He's watching television, and he gets up to go and and does something. Mm. Um, on the TV screen is a news report about a space shuttle launch. Yes, and that space shuttle is the rocket that contains Charlton Heston. There's a story later on. There's another news story later yeah. on, isn't it, about it going missing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, that's done very sad. That's just mm. a headline that you you kind of briefly see on a newspaper. Um, and I, and I thought that was a really nice touch. 
was the but a way to link the two, but without kind of ramming it yeah. in your face. That's what I said last week is that um, things that other movies would do very overtly and in mm. your face, this does very subtly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things that that was a really neat little touch that you could easily miss, mm. but you may pick up on on a second or third viewing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not just... It's not just things like foreshadowing and in jokes and all that kind of stuff that's handled with subtlety. The whole film, if I mean, for a big blockbuster movie, it has a very light touch. Yeah, yeah. very much so. And it, and it's not just the performances. It's you know it's everything together. The way that the the characters are drawn, the way the plot evolves, the way they, um, you know, the way that the other stuff is foreshadowed. Everything has got a very nice deftness of touch from the director that kind of just gives the right nods when you need them yeah but doesn't you know like you said last week it doesn't you don't have a horrible piece of exposition dialogue to say this is why this is happening yeah you know um and i think the the really key moment uh is when basically uh there's a, there's a moment in the film where caesar realizes to rise up against the humans he needs to make the other apes like him mm. and he formulates a plan and, and uses this gas that's been made by the female pharmaceutical company mm. and there's a moment where all of the apes are going through a tunnel and he's kind of almost checking them off as they come out yeah yeah um and in that scene you realize that what he's looking for is the only telltale sign that the drug has taken hold yes and that is that the the eye irises get a green tint to mm. them you don't get. I mean, you you get told that earlier on in the film, but in, in the half an hour leading up to that moment, mm. you don't get reminded of it. You don't get. There's nothing like that. It ju- you just see him, and as they walk out, he just pa- pauses yeah. each one, just looks at their eyes, and lets them carry on. And that's all it is. And it's just beautifully gentle, and but it, it really makes the point. Yeah, you kind of expect in any. In anybody else's hands, you kind of expect to have James Franco tap behind the gl- trap behind the glass, going, "He's checking their irises." Oh no! Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, or or someone going, "What is he looking at? Why is he looking at their eyes?" You yeah, know, and that kind of stuff. But yeah. you don't you don't get any of that, which is good. I mm. mean, it's you know it's fantastic. Um, you know, it's a credit to the scriptwriters as well. Yes. Um, that they have enough faith in the audience that they'll follow along and and, yeah. and get it. Um. Which you know, you you certainly wouldn't get that in a Transformers movie. No, as much as not. I love Transformers movies, but you know, I think that's the kind of the the complete opposite of this. Mm. Um, and again, I think one of the things that really boosts this is the acting. A mm. bit like X Men, that you got you got a really good cast in X Men. Yeah. Um, in this, you've got a fantastic cast: James Franco, Andy Serkis, mm. John Lithgow. Brian Cox, Tom Felton. I think we can kind of forget Tom Felton. Yeah, he, the only thing he, he's come from the Ewan McGregor school of American accents. Yeah, he, his accent's not not particularly great. That, that's probably the only portion of the acting that kind of lets it down. It's his his accent. His I accent. Think. Yeah. Um. He. I think he's brilliant as the character he is, mm. and he gets some fantastic moments in the movie. Mm. Um. Did but, you notice how, whatever the situation, Frida Pinto always managed to pose? And look elegant. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't matter what was yeah, going on; she always had to look fabulous. Yeah. Um, the you know, as as high as the standard of acting from everybody is, the real standouts are John Lithgow and um, Andy Serkis. Absolutely. Um, Lithgow is just 
absolutely phenomenal is this this man who is going through various states of mental capability mm. um i recently uh, i recently started watching uh the tv show dexter mm-hmm. and um each season you kind of think i'm not quite sure how they can what they can do with this mm. and it got to season three and it was a bit yeah this might be starting to run its course a bit mm-hmm. season four they brought in john lithgow and it, and it was possibly one of the best seasons they've ever done simply because of him and what he added mm-hmm. to it um and in this he's just absolutely phenomenal he's I mean, one of those he, people who's not in enough things no ex- yeah he's he's one of the, yeah he's 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 one of the greatest actors there is around mm. yet he just doesn't seem to be used a lot or in the right way cliffhanger third rock from the sun yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah um and i think andy circus i think he he has unlocked the secret to motion capture Mm. And I think he alone has unlocked this. He's secret. just absolutely mastered the form. Yeah, I don't. Th- I I haven't seen things like Tintin, but I've seen enough clips and trailers. He's the best thing in Tintin. I've yeah. seen it, and 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 it's kind of like, you know what? I, I mean, that to me just looks like animation. Mm. Um, but in this, there was something that was just like, you know, he he really brings something through. Mm. And in fact, my favourite moment in all of the Lord of the Rings movies is in the second one where he's Gollum and Mm. Gollum's effectively having an argument with himself. Yeah. Um, And that's the only bit of those films worth watching. They're just boring. Yeah. I I managed one and then tapped out. It's like, no, No. I can't stand another five hours of this. No, no, it's just like short lads walking. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know what it is that he that he does or what it is about his body and his face that allows the motion capture to draw so much mm. out um I, re- I you know i don't i just i just can't put my finger on what it is but he certainly i mean he the thing about uh caesar is that it's a it's a very complex uh and interesting character mm. and it's the sort of thing that if it didn't have him or it didn't have the quality of the cgi it would have destroyed the film mm. and i think that you've got circus's characterization first mm. his performance second and then third on top of that is the phenomenal cgi particularly the eyes completely believable photorealistic yeah, absolutely and it, and it, uh, for me i think like a lot of people it's all about the eyes mm. and that that's one of the hardest things to get right with any kind of form of i think cgi animation and yeah. and in this i i would i would actually go so far to say that if you look at the other apes, they're not quite as good. Yeah, I guess they're, so. they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're good. The orangutan's really good. It is, but I think that there's there's something, like I said, he Caesar, they've obviously spent more time on being the lead mm. character, but there's something that I think Circus has above the others. Sure. That, you know, you can, you know, there's a couple of bits where mm. you think, actually, you know, that's, I think the gorilla's possibly the worst. Yeah. There's a few, you know, slightly ropey bits with that but i mean you know it, the the overall standard is just utterly phenomenal mm-hmm. um see what else i've got written down on my notes um it made me want to watch the original movies again mm-hmm. or certainly find the ones i hadn't seen and fill in the fill in the blanks um but the other thing about it is that it does stand alone as a good yeah blockbuster action movie or sci-fi movie or however you want to class it um like you say i think you could you know you could certainly just have no prior knowledge, go out, watch it, thoroughly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And would probably lead you on to want to watch the others. I'm interested to see 
where the franchise goes next. Yes. If they make another one within this. Yeah, that's because what I found was the final part of the movie, the animation at the end, kind of took kind of took the the story beyond the point of a sequel. Okay. For me for me the next logical point in a sequel is would be effectively evolution of the planet of the apes. Mm-hmm. So the point at which apes become dominant and humans become subordinate. Sure. Um and there's a little animation at the end which is kind of an animation of the flow of the disease mm. and that kind of makes you go oh well that's what happened. Mm. I think if they just left that um title animation of yeah you, you could have you know easily segued into it i mean they probably will go back and and do that movie i would think i, yeah. I don't think there's any plans at the moment for another one i kind of hope there is but you'd think i think this took a, a reasonable amount of money yeah uh, i mean i think it did all right I, I i certainly didn't hear anything you know I, I i don't think i ever heard a really bad review of it no uh, you know, I mean, you know, not like movies that you think, "Wow, that's Wait been." Wait get ap- to the customer feedback, right? Yeah, well, you know, there are going to be movies that get absolutely panned. Yeah, and this certainly wasn't one of those. Um, so I no, it be- seems to have been a critical and commercial success. Yeah, yeah, I would like, I like, to say, I, I would like to see another one. I'd like to see them effectively do a new trilogy that would link it right up to the moment where Charlton Heston crashes his spaceship. Yeah, I think that would be perfect. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure what the third one would be, but no, uh, Hollywood only thinks in trilogies, really. Yeah. So they'd have to figure it out. Launch of the rocket to the planet of the apes. <laughs> well, that's kind of been covered, isn't it? Because he's yeah. already up there now. We know that he's lost in space. Yeah, um, which is a TV show and movie exactly, all of its own. Yeah, less said about that, the better, I think. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I suppose apart from the theme tune. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we've got you know you've got that kind of that flip moment the moment where okay this is the beginnings of that mm. revolution if you like you want to see that effectively happen there's got to be another bit after that i suppose mm. consolidation of the planet of the apes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no then you're then you're ended on things like tax return of the, yeah, planet yeah. Of the apes. <laughs> there's two little bits of trivia we can link this to two movies we've talked about oh really yeah we can link it to x-men first right. class okay uh ray wise appears in x-men first class uh, Tyler Labine is the lab assistant, the little hairy-faced lab assistant who goes around sneezing on people in Rise yes. of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. They both appear together in the TV show Reaper. Yes, which I've seen a few of and quite enjoyed. Yeah, it's up and down, yeah. but overall it's pretty good. That guy's also in uh, a TV show that got cancelled after one season called Invasion, mm-hmm. which was really good with mm-hmm. William Fickner in it. Okay. Um, that, that was pretty good. Uh, and the other movie we can link this to is Warrior. Okay. Uh because Kurt Angle played Cobra, and there's an ape, uh, the orangutan is called. Is it the orangutan? No, no, he's uh, a chimp. The the scar faced yeah, uh, chimp, chimp in this is Cobra. So he is, yeah. So there we go. So Kurt Angle is a scar faced chimp. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. That'll get me in trouble. Yeah. Uh, would you like to hear what the internet thinks about Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, I'm intrigued, actually. I, f- I mean, I've mentioned it to a few, few people, and they, and they were either like, yeah, that was good, or, oh, I didn't like that. Mm uh let us do this short one star review okay i really have my doubts about this movie particularly after the last tim burton fiasco i was right to be concerned this film is awful and is nowhere near as good as the original movie wait for it with kirk douglas avoid if like me you're a big fan of the previous ones okay (laughs) that just made me laugh yeah um the other one star is really long what can i uh what can I extract from it? There's lots of spoilers in it, which I don't really want to do. 
No. Oh, <laughs> just a little line in here that I like. If Andy Serkis was there, I didn't see him. Although he's Caesar, he's just doing the actions, nothing more. <laughs> wow, someone missed the point of that. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's a couple of good uh, five-star reviews, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> they just made me laugh. Uh, I don't have much faith in cinema these days. My goodness, this is special. Well done to all those involved. I've heard the director is English. <laughs> That's the entire review. <laughs> That's fantastic. For being a girl aged 19, when my boyfriend finally decided to buy this film, I was thinking, is this really a film for my viewing? And how wrong was I? Only seeing James Franco in A, a Spider-Man and 127 Hours, I knew how good his acting could be and was eager to see him act in a different genre of films. This was definitely the film for him. I was hooked. As me and my boyfriend sat down to watch this, I didn't look over at the time once as it draws you straight into the story and what they are doing to the apes. When the first ape is shot due to thinking it's out of control, Dr. Franklin realises she had a young ape to look after and that's all she was doing. So Will, James Franco, takes him home and they don't test on the young ape as soon he grows into a clever ape. And he's trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's as his father, John Lithgow, has. And Caesar, the ape, is a very caring young ape. <laughs> yeah. With moments when I went, ah, and moments I wanted to cry, I enjoyed this movie and will watch it again. Another great performance by James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> interesting um, that's enough apes yeah absolutely should we move on to cowboys indians and horses yeah go on tell us about Town Called Panic okay um, <clears throat> last week I didn't really talk about it much because I wanted Kieran to experience this in all of its weirdness and glory indeed and I will say now that my notes basically right. consist of noting down things that made me laugh right uh and uh, I've managed a plot synopsis okay well, so should I do a plot synopsis of A Town Called Panic Okay, uh, let me do a quick reason why I pitched it, and then you can do, you can try see if you can do the plot synopsis. I will do my best because uh, I don't think the plot synopsis is that important in a movie like this. Um, it's basically a. Bel I think the important thing is in this madness, I found the plot. plot. Yeah, um, it's a Belgian animation. Um, it's in French. It's really weird. It's done with like paper mache and toys. Um, it consists of a cowboy, an Indian, and a horse who li all live together. It's absolutely mental it appeals to the really weird absurdist portion of my brain um, that's quite a large portion by <laughs> the way <laughs> yeah um like i said i watched this and bits of it just made me roar with laughter for multiple different reasons i mean there were bits that were utterly weird and fantastical that i loved there was just some really nice straight joke dialogues that i liked um so that's kind of why i pitched it to kieran and why i didn't really want to go into it too much last week mm. so what did you think of it Okay, well, let's do the plot synopsis. Okay. Okay. Cowboy, Indian, and horse live together. It's horse's birthday, and cowboy and Indian have forgotten to buy him a present. They decide to build him a barbecue. Indian estimates this will take 50 bricks. They accidentally order 50 million and hide the excess on top of the house, causing it to collapse. Every day they rebuild, and every night the new walls are stolen. When their neighbor... When their neighbor, Stephen, is falsely accused, horse, cowboy, and Indian set out to find the true thieves. Perfect. Or... A horse, a cowboy, an Indian, and a loud farmer fight sea monsters for bricks. <laughs> yeah, either will do. Yeah, there we go. Um, I did enjoy this. Good. I don't think I liked it quite as much as you. No, I, I didn't I think, think I was expecting outright utter insanity. Yeah. This is not quite that. No, that, that's It's still what I mental. Like. Yeah. It's still guano crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that it goes from that, and then there are moments that are almost like a straight drama, but not quite. Yes. I mean, like I mentioned last week, the bit in the party 
where the, where Stephen and his wife have to leave because he smashes a bottle and threatens, threatens the police policeman. Yeah, and then they're just like, "Oh, he was drunk." Well, he's always drunk, and it's it just it seemed yeah. like, like a scene from EastEnders. Yeah, just suddenly being stuck in yeah. this weird little animation. I have to say, I think Stephen was possibly my favourite character. Yeah. This angry farmer who shouts <laughs> constantly for no reason. No. Oh, look at the state of my tractor. Pigs, come and see what's happened to my tractor. Yeah. Who did this to my tractor? I'm outraged about the state of my tractor. <laughs> and I love, yeah, and he's just uh, he's, he's just this short little guy that just shouts at yeah, everything. Know, even And it's just, you know, normal. Hey, policeman, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just, just the way he speaks. Yeah. Um, it's not very long, is it? 74 minutes. No. 10 minutes of that is the end credits. Yeah. And I noticed it took an awful lot of production companies. Yeah. To get this underway. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I meant to look and see kind of what the budget was. And I don't know. I know, I know it only took 82 days to shoot, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty short for an animation. Yeah. Um, but it's crude animation. Oh, it's it not, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, it's normal for approximately the first two minutes. Yeah. And coherent for the first 20 yeah. Then it goes a bit nuts. Yeah. Um, what did I really like? What kind of stuff did I really like? Uh, I like the running gag of uh, Mrs. Longray, the horse that yeah. horse is in love with. She's a she's a music teacher. Yeah. Uh, and the <laughs> the way she's always able to phone him and chide him for missing his music <laughs> lessons, yeah. no matter where he is yeah. or how mad Cappy's current situation. <laughs> Absolutely. She can always ring him. It's like when they're in the house of the sea monsters and yeah. she phones their phone yeah. and manages to get hold of him. I, I just love the fact that you know she's a female horse because she's got a handbag. Yes, and long red hair. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the fact she's Madame Longray, not Madame Lozelle Longray, which means yeah. they're either having an affair or she's divorced. Yes. <laughs> um, I love that horse takes his shoes off before getting into bed. Yeah. Um, uh, what else I really like? Oh, the other horse thing I really like is the two horses slow dancing at the party. <laughs> yeah, that had me rolling around with laughter. I don't know why it's so funny. No, I know that's the thing. I don't know why it's so funny either. Also, the break dancing postman in the same yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, I just love the fact they're all playing poker, and I think it's I don't know if it's Stephen or Simon who runs in and go quick, quick. The postman's going mental. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Running it, like, yeah. Stephen runs in to get more yeah. beer. Yeah. Leaves with about nine of them. He's like, "You've got to come out." The postman's gone nuts. He's yeah. break dancing. Yeah. Um, Oh, you talk about playing poker. I love the fall to the centre of the earth that takes so yeah. long they have enough time to play cards <laughs> on the rock they're sitting <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, and the other, the other thing that really made me laugh, I, I have no idea why, is all the sheep changing into pyjamas to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. They all go behind a screen and a fleece appears over the top, <laughs> yeah. a pair of pyjamas is taken down, and then a pyjamaed sheep just yeah. climbs into this long bed. Yeah, that, for me, it's all of those little touches that make this absolutely work a genius. Yeah, I just, I just love all those tiny little attentions to detail. Um, and like, for example, uh, when uh, horse is on the phone to her on the journey to the center of the earth, yeah. and he drops his phone in the lava, and some of the lava comes out and at the other end the of the school. phone and starts yeah. setting fire to the school. Yeah. Um, I, I love the scientists wrestling a bear. Yeah. segment which is just uh, completely out of nowhere is it a bear yeah isn't it a bear it is a bear there's the bear that comes out of the cabin where horse horse cowboy and indian are trying to find uh 
Gerard. Why do the sea monsters have normal French names like Gerard and Jean Paul? I don't know. They're trying to track down Gerard and they go to uh, they go to a cabin. And Cowboy's right. about to ring the doorbell and India's like, no, let me do it. Rings the bell, waits, the door opens, there's a bear that leaps out and savages him. <laughs> and Cowboy's like, well, he's the one who wanted to ring the doorbell. <laughs> the, it's the bit with the giant mechanical penguin. <laughs> yes. That's got the scientists in it. And I swear they fight a bear. They fight something. They do. I'm pretty sure it's a bear. Is it a polar bear? Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a woolly mammoth. It's a mammoth. That's yes. it. Yes. That's, yeah. Just fantastic. <laughs> it's just throwing this mammoth about. It is. It's 74 minutes of just, it's bananas. Yeah. It's um, magic roundabout, but yeah, crazier. Absolutely. I, I mean, there are aspects of all sorts of things like Terry Gilliam and mm. all of that kind of stuff creeping in. And I'm sure there are lots of uh, in jokes to to both sort of French culture and also kind of other animators and mm. stuff like that i think they're a big fan of a lot of uh, the belgian animators and mm. you know like cartoonists i meant to go online and see if the website they ordered the bricks from exists <laughs> <laughs> i love the fact that the reason they end up with so many bricks is just a really simple like conceit i mean you think the madcap world they live in mm. there are so many bonkers ways that they could have you know, got the order wrong. Yeah. But it's just someone resting their mug awkwardly against the keyboard and yeah. lots of zeros. And the handle getting pressing into, down the, the zero, zeros. yeah. And it, that's such a brilliant thing that... That's what I like. There are things in it that could happen to you in everyday life, <laughs> but taken to a weird, bizarre extreme involving, yes. a course, a cowboy and an Indian. Yeah. Um, yes, I enjoyed this. Uh, I may very well end up watching it again. Yeah. Uh, although I might have to give it... A, I don't know if I can watch it again straight away <laughs> yeah. the way you did uh i might have to wait uh a little bit before i recommend finding the five minute shorts on youtube i'll see if i can find them and put in the link dump yeah i, I particularly recommend finding the french ones without the subtitles okay. um just because it makes it it makes it more fun mm. uh particularly when you don't really know what's going on mm. uh, and if you if you've got like schoolboy french you can probably pick out the odd word which will mm. give you an indicator but most of it i mean most of it you can just figure out I went online to get customer feedback for this one. Right. Uh, I found one one-star review, and that was from someone disappointed that the DVD they ordered was the movie and not the original yeah. five-minute cartoons. I, I've looked for uh, the, the cartoon series on DVD. I can't. I just don't think it Supposedly, exists. there is a website that it's available on. Oh, really? Uh, so if I can find where I... Uh, if I can corroborate my source yeah. and find the website and it turns out to be legit, I'll stick it in the link dump as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to because I want to get a hold of those. Um, I have a five-star review of A Town Called Panic. Right. Six months after recommending A Town Called Panic to my neighbours, they confess they are still waking up in the night shouting, Cheval! at each other. <laughs> <laughs> the animation is a crude mix of claymation plus plastic children's toys. The plotting is Python-esque and the sheer boisterous mayhem is exhausting. How to describe it? After 20... <laughs> After 20 minutes, I felt like I was sharing a metal bucket with several rabid Frenchmen while a monkey beat on it with drumsticks. My family and I were also laughing dementedly. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much sums up the entire experience, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, so, something slightly more sensible. Okay. Uh, we've had feedback to our pitch to the people. Yes. Insert sting here. Yeah. <laughs> So, the pitch to the people. Recap. Explain. Okay, so uh, 
after people asking us, we decided that um, there's always going to be these movies that we both love and have always loved um, that we're never going to pitch each other because we've both seen. Mm. Um, and we want to share them with anyone who's listening. So uh, we decided to do this uh, pitch to the people. Um, and the first one we decided to do was The Princess Bride because um, it's just a fantastic movie that Kieran and I both love. Um, I said last week, whenever I mention it to anybody, I get two responses. I love it. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. So, we found uh, all of those people in our office. Yes. Yes. One of our colleagues absolutely loves it. Yeah. And we found two of them that hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. So I sent them away with a DVD uh, and made them uh, do their homework and come back with the reviews. And I have them right here. Excellent. Okay. Rosalino. Okay. Ros Owino. That's her name, not just like one yeah. long word. Okay, anyway. Didn't expect to like The Princess Bride as much as I did. I actually can't believe how long it's taken me to watch it. Pretty much everyone I know recommended it, yet for some reason I managed to avoid it. I love that it manages to pull off a fairy tale structure without seeming childish and or juvenile. Juvenile? Yeah, you oh. know, yeah. juvenile. Um, it's like Tate and Lol. <laughs> uh, it wasn't always laugh out loud funny, but it's definitely one of the best films I've seen in a while. That's a great view. So says Roz. Excellent. Uh, and the other is from our, our failed guest, Adam Stevens, yeah. who we'll have back on uh, as soon as we work out the whole three mics, one computer thing. Yeah. Which sounds like an awful <laughs> internet video <laughs> waiting does. to happen. <clears throat> anyway, Adam says, I don't know. It's just great. Just great. Relentlessly entertaining. I was entertained over and over again. Firm, supple, relentless, enjoyable entertainment. It's impossible to talk about the qualities of it, really. I don't. What? It's great. Watch it. But, well, it's great. Watch it. What? Just do it. Seriously. No Nike. That's in here. Oh, okay. It's fantastic. The characters are phenomenal fun. I don't know how to pitch it. It swashed my buckles as if I were covered in buckles. I wish I lived in that world, but there was still... What? Okay. Okay. I wish I lived in that world, but there was still the internet or something. Hell, penicillin would be a treat. I wish Robin Wright was still that hot. She even got steadily less hot as the film progressed. <laughs> I'm kind of glad Carrie Elwes isn't that hot anymore because honestly, no man would stand a chance apart from ridiculously photogenic guy. <laughs> Have you seen that? The ridiculously. No. I'll link that as well. All it's right. the latest craze of the internet. Right. Um, I enjoyed the sword fighting, but I'm not sure about Billy Crystal as a miracle man. It's a fantastic movie. Mandy Patinkin was my favourite character, even though he had a girl's name in real life. I also enjoyed the DVD cover art. <laughs> Brilliant. That's a fairly typical review from, believe it or not, a rather a knowledgeable film critic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yes, good. So Two more it, converts. Yeah, so if anyone out there hasn't seen The Princess Bride, do What's go and watch it. What's wrong with you? Do go and watch it and let us know what you think. Yes. Uh, we also have mm. an email. Right. From a listener. Okay. Someone we don't know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's incredible. I thought only our parents listened to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Probably not even my parents. No. Um, this man takes issue with okay. your review of Children of Men. Oh, really? Yes. This is from Pete Hammond, who says, Hi, lads. Only just discovered your podcast, and I have to say I love the pitch review format and the way it's presented. Decent films with interesting views without being too po-faced. I would, however, like to love my tuppence worth at you regarding episode 10. Cool. Children of Men is an awesome film. Granted, it does suffer slightly from Clive Owen, but I would say he's pretty much spot on cast as the disheartened, I can't really be bothered with all this, what's the point, just trying to get on with things kind of hero. The rest of the cast are pretty good too. Pam Ferris is a crap new age hippie and your man Kane is the stoner of the standouts. And all in all, it's well written and performed. 
However, I do feel you missed the point a little. This would be you because I love it. Okay. This was the film it was meant to be. Yes, there is maybe another film in there, but they deliberately, in my opinion, avoided it. Just like there's another film in Cloverfield and War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise version. Right. Yes, those films could be quite good, but the beauty of Children of Men is that you don't know why women have suddenly become infertile and you don't know why slash how the Fuji is pregnant, just like poor old Clive doesn't in the film. Think Star Wars from the perspective of a stormtrooper. Gets home, puts his feet up, moans at the missus, can't still, still can't find those damn droids, love. Right. And flip-flops. Just imagine how it must have felt to be running around like that. I also like the way it introduces then dumps characters. For example, the lad with the blonde dreads who is all for killing Clive then suddenly just vanishes. At the barrel of a tank, I think. Right. Anyway, keep up the good work, says Pete. And he is Pete Hammond 76 on that there Twitter. Cool. So there we go. Yeah, I, I still. Pete's on my side. Yeah, I know. I still, I still stand by my uh, initial review. I, th- I, I personally would have liked him, you know, to know more about the, uh, the, the lack of fertility and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just my personal taste. I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, <clears throat> pitch time. Mm-hmm. Who's going first? Um, I've done a lot of talking. Your turn. Pitch. Okay, fine. All right. I have something this week that is both historical and topical. Really? Yes. Okay. So. Trying to see your book. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Don't look. <laughs> um, this weekend, which would be the 14th and 15th of April, yes, 2012, mm-hmm. marks the centenary of the sinking of the Titanic. Don't make me watch Titanic. I've already seen it. It was one of the worst dates, worst dates of my life. The girl cried for three hours solid. <laughs> And then you went to see Titanic. Thanks. <laughs> um, I was going to say that was the bedroom afterwards. <laughs> no, well, the reason I'm pitching the film I'm going to pitch you is because I think Titanic is an abomination of cinema. Marvellous. We're on the same wavelength. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that is just a horrific movie. Um, that should be banned. I don't mean to be rude and interrupt your pitch, but if anybody hears funny noises, because I've suddenly got pins and needles in my foot, (laughs) and I'm trying to work them out. So, Tom, keep talking. I'm going to try and sort my foot out. Right, so what I am pitching to you is what I think is the best movie about the sinking of the Titanic. And it is quite possibly still the most accurate movie about the sinking of the Titanic. Okay. There are some things, there are some inaccuracies, uh, mostly because this film was made in 1958 and they didn't actually find the remains of the ship until 1985. Mm -hmm. So up until that point, they didn't know that it had broken in half and they didn't know quite a lot of stuff about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called A Night to Remember and there's no crappy, horrible love story shoehorned onto it. This is... A st- this is a film about... 100% DiCaprio free. Yeah, it's a, it's a film about the events that happened that night based on a, on a book which is based on eyewitness testimony. Uh, the film was made, obviously, only 45 years or whatever it was, 46 years after the event. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were survivors on set who could advise and talk about it. And um, it it kind of follows... It follows a whole host of characters. Um, it's very much an ensemble film. Um, some of those characters are amalgamations of real people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are uh, people who just kind of crop up and you know kind of get mentioned and, and walk along. So there was um, uh, Ben Guggenheim, who of the museum fame, mm-hmm. big American Stop. playboy Guggenheim. 
Yes. Anyway, sorry. Um, there was a story that was in the paper, I think, this morning, the fact that they, they now believe that the reason he stayed on the ship and didn't come off was because um, his valet was of mixed race and he knew that his valet wouldn't get a spot in a lifeboat mm-hmm. because he was mixed race, so mm. he decided to stay with him. Um, so there's, there's there's all sorts of stories coming out at the moment and you'll and those stories are about people that you will see referenced in this movie. Okay. Um, the only downside to this film is the fact it was made in the 50s and right. it is a little bit 50s melodrama in places. Okay. Mostly in the first half hour. There's a bit where the ship's starting to tilt and, and there's one bloke says, I think we're in a bit of a tight spot here. Um, okay. <laughs> and you kind of think, okay. Uh, and I don't know if that's, that's representative of the speech of the time or is hmm. it just a bit 50s melodrama. Hmm. But once the action starts going, it is really really good the special effects for the time are phenomenal okay um i'm going to give you a really lovely late 90s dvd which is dual sided Ooh, do i have uh, to turn it over in the middle no you don't but on the b side is a really horrendous looking 90s documentary Ooh. um but there's some interesting stuff in it including some b-roll that mm-hmm. they shot um and it's worth just scanning through that and finding the B-roll of the model tank that they used. Okay. Um, because the remote control lifeboats they had looked phenomenal. And there was stuff in the movie that I had always assumed they had shot the lifeboats and then kind of effectively superimposed the, the model behind them. Yeah. They didn't. They okay. actually had model lifeboats with people rowing. Uh, they look brilliant. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Excellent. Um so it's quite interesting. They also had this huge set that they built at Pinewood that was on a slight angle, and then they increased and decreased the angle of it by tilting the camera. Right. Um, but they then also had sets that were on gimbals that lifted, mm. and all of the creaking and crunching noises you hear in the movie were actually just the mechanisms lifting the sets. Wow. But they sounded so authentic, they just left them in. That's wonderful. Yeah, there's some uh, it's some beautiful touches to this. I movie. love those things of chance that happen Exa- on film sets. Yeah, I mean, when you listen to this, I, I mean, it sounds what you think it would sound like to be in a ship that is, uh, you know, is under stress and torment from mm-hmm. the, the forces involved. Um, I will say now, this is the only film I've ever watched that made me cry. Really? Yeah. Good lord. And there's one moment quite near the end, and that was it, really. Wow. Um, so see if you can spot it. I'll. Uh... I'll man up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I mean, I won't say much more about that because I mean, you know the story, you know the, the plot, ending. Plot is simple. There's a boat. It's going to hit a big exactly. ice cube. Yeah, it's probably going to sink. Yeah, but I just think it's you know, if you look at this movie that was made in 1958 mm. and how good it is, and how representative it was of the events as they knew them, mm-hmm. I think it's a phenomenal film, and I think it's a real shame that the legacy of what happened on that ship now rests on a really horrendous film by James Cameron. And even the fact that he made Terminator 1 and 2 can't make up for the fact he made Titanic. <laughs> you know, he's dead to me as a director now. Okay. Especially after Avatar. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that. I won't even go near that with a barge pole. My, uh, my favourite Avatar joke is, uh, I enjoyed it in 1D, I close my eyes and listen to the awful script. <laughs> well. Yeah, so anyway, that's my pitch to you, so. Excellent. Well, I too have something uh, vaguely historical, but not remotely topical. Okay. Before we started this show, we kind of wrote out a list 
mm-hmm. of films we wanted to pitch one another. Yeah. And this is a film that's been on that list. It was one of the first things on the list. Okay. And I haven't been able to find it. It's right. one of those things that I just didn't own a copy of. Right. Haven't been able to find it. Uh, and I've tried in numerous branches of uh, various DVD outlets. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get it, couldn't get it, couldn't get it. Went into a second-hand DVD store on Monday, picked it up for eight quid. Wow, cool. So, you get one of my favourite films of all time. Right. One of my favourite animations of all time. And okay. definitely my favourite Japanese anime film of all time. Okay. Porco Rosso. Okay. Um, you've previously said that anime is not really your thing. No. You've never really got into it. No, there's something... I mean, I like animation, but mm. there's something about um, anime and the kind of that sort of Ghibli kind of style that mm. I, just, I just don't engage with. Okay. And I don't know what, what it is. Okay. Uh, and I've always been quite willing to try, but I just... I don't know. It's just never done it for me, and I don't know why. Well, now you get to try again. Okay, cool. Uh, a quick synopsis. It's 1929. Mm-hmm. Uh, World War One flying ace Marco Rossellini is making a living as a bounty hunter, taking out seaplane pa- sea pirates in the Adriatic, having been cursed to resemble a humanoid pig. Right. The pirates band together and hire a flashy American fighter pilot called Donald Curtis to, uh, to compete with Marco, not only for the skies, but for the hand of Gina, the hotel manager slash chanteurs that Marco holds a torch for. Okay. Uh, and you basically build to a one-on-one between those two. It's right. like a warrior, but with a pig. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> um, it was originally planned as uh, two 30 to 45-minute in-flight movies for um, Japan Airlines. Okay. Uh, but the director, Hayao Miyazaki, uh, eventually expanded it into a full-length feature. Mm-hmm. And it's based on his own manga right. that um, he drew in the 80s. Okay. Um Miyazaki, for people who don't know, is the driving horse behind Studio Ghibli. Yeah. He directed all of their big movies, House mm-hmm. Moving Castle, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, all of those. Yeah. They're all Hayao Miyazaki films. Yeah. Did he do Arietti, the most recent one? Pass. Okay. I think he might have done, which was his his take on The Borrowers. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, it was the top grossing film in Japan in 1992, taking 2.8 billion yen. Blimey. Yes. It's well, not impre- out, yeah, it's yeah, it's not as impressive as it's. <laughs> no, no. I was going to say, how much is a billion? Yeah. Well, I don't know what what kind of billion are we talking? American billion or UK, UK billion? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it's either two million pounds or more than two million pounds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I love it because I think the style, the setting, the animation, the details, mm-hmm. the design is all wonderful, just mm-hmm. flawless. Um. We talked about films that everyone can enjoy. Yeah. This is one of them. Okay. Uh, comedy, action, romance, fantastic artwork, politics, right. uh, a dirty great punch up, mm. uh, uh, spectacular flying scenes, mm-hmm. uh, pickles, essentially. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, there, I have seen three different versions of this film. Right. The Japanese version with subtitles. Yeah. The short-lived uh, original English dub that was released in the West. Okay. Uh, and the version you're getting here, which is a 2003 redub. Right. Which okay. was overseen by John Lasseter. Oh, right. Uh, Michael Keaton plays Porco mm-hmm. slash Marco. Right. Uh, and Carrie Elwes is Curtis, nice. the American. Excellent. They're... Um, Keaton's a bit up and down for me in this. I don't think he's really giving it his all towards the beginning. Right. Which kind of suits the character who's a bit world-weary. He's a hero. Everybody loves him, but he's seen it and done it. And now, for God's sake, he looks like a pig. Yeah. And he's not quite happy with this. Right. Carrie Elworth is excellent. Yeah, I can imagine. I think 
loves must have loved the original and just kind of threw himself into it. Yeah, I get the kind of impression that he's the sort of chap that would throw himself into anything he's enthused about and oh, enjoys. Men know? in tights, saw yeah, anything. Exa- yeah. 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 Um this is a rare, rare film. Um my girlfriend has a short attention span when it comes to movies. Right. Getting her to sit and watch a whole movie yeah. without being on her iPad or mm-hmm. doing tidying up the kitchen or just generally doing stuff is really difficult. Yeah. 20 minutes into this, the iPad went down, she was hooked and watched the whole thing. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. It's very impressive. Yeah. Um, it was just on TV one day and I flicked over and went, oh, Porco Rosso, I'm going to watch this. She's like, yeah, whatever, kind of humoring me. Yeah. Oh God, it's anime. Yeah. And then after a while, she was hooked. hooked. Okay. Yeah, uh, I basically just read out all of the notes right, <laughs> that I have on this film. Uh, I saw it originally when I was maybe 15. Right. Uh, my friend had a videotape, this and My Neighbor Totoro, which right. is another big yeah. uh, Studio Ghibli classic. Mm. Uh, he videoed them off Sky and lent me the tape, mm. which I then immediately hooked two video records together <laughs> yeah, and did my own copy. Yeah. Um, because you just couldn't get them. They weren't available to no. buy on VHS over no. here or anything. Um, this, for me, is better than Totoro. It's better than How's Moving Castle. It's better than Spirited Away, I think. Although okay. Spirited Away is close, I think. Right. I, I enjoy I, that I haven't well. seen any. So, okay. I mean, this is this will be new. Excellent. Good. Um, I, will, I will say that when I found out, oh, God, American dub, new American dub, this is going to be awful. Because yeah. the one for How's Moving Castle with... Who's Batman these days? What's his name? Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yeah. I was thinking of Killian Murphy. I don't know why. Yeah, right. Christian Bale right. uh, um, ruined that film. Okay. There's a major plot point that's relegated to a background line uh, for an extra. All right. That's just like a bit of ADR loop. All right. Uh, and that, yeah, I'd completely lost any interest in that movie right. at that point. This, I was going to say doesn't add anything beyond the subtitled or the original dub but right. it does it adds michael keaton and carrie always yeah to um yeah i can't say enough good things about this okay um cool. i will present you with the dvd and hopefully you'll like it yeah hopefully like i said i'm willing to give it a chance because it's it's one of those things that i just like i said i don't know why i've never really connected with it so i'll be interested to see how it, how it pans out yeah i've kind of fallen out of Love with anime. I mm. mean, I used to watch anything that was released in this country, apart from the weird tentacle shit. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen like Fist of the North Star, Project Aiko, wow. all of those things that kind of came over in that first wave of manga video. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I just kind of fell out fell yeah. out of love with it. But mm. this has has a place in my heart right uh, okay. yeah and it's definitely it's one of it didn't make me cry like a night to remember might have done for you right but, uh, it's uh it's an all-round marvelous presentation i think okay cool well uh i think we've hit the end of uh another episode i think we have Excellent. absolutely people can take their earbuds out now and yeah. go about their lives mm-hmm. uh plugs let's do plugs okay hang on let me reach the that's quite comical struggling I, I, <laughs> I drew perverse enjoyment from that <laughs> right uh, okay so you can follow us on Twitter at H right I asked him to do the plugs and look what I know, happens and I'm reading them out as well uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HYS podcast uh, you can contact us on Facebook facebook.com forward slash have you seen podcast uh, you can go to the blog where you can find the link dump uh, and the latest episodes at bit.ly forward slash HYS podcast or if you want to send us a kind of a more lengthy re- uh, 
pasted, uh, you can email us at hyspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. I think that's it. Yeah. We should thank people. We should yes, thank Upbeat Productions for this uh, lovely studio, mm-hmm. which is keeping us warm and keeping the sounds of the masses out. Yeah. Uh, and we should thank uh, technical guru Alexia Mum for all the technical things that he does. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week with pigs and boats sinking ships yeah flying pigs and sinking ships (laughs) i'm calling my band that (laughs) should i ever learn to sing or play an instrument (laughs) fair enough all right let's get out of here okay bye bye ah i've accidentally pressed record again